Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk, producer and host of the Public Relations Review podcast. When I conceived this program, my idea was to provide public relations practitioners with a wide variety of solid, useful information and guidance from public relations professionals across America. And we are doing that. I will continue to cover important topics such as crisis communications and artificial intelligence and other such important topics. But I will also address other issues such as diversity in public relations, marketing to women, public relations trends, various data concerns, and much more. From time to time, I will also invite vendors of public relations products on to help you better understand how these products can improve your efficiency and your effectiveness. You will learn a lot from our podcast, so thank you for listening, and please inform your colleagues about the Public Relations Review podcast and continue listening. Thank you so very much. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review to our listeners across America and around the world. Now, perhaps you, as I often do, wonder how do celebrities and high-visibility people with various backgrounds get opportunities to promote or support various products, services, or causes? Well, my guest today has an answer. Rick Bacharach founded Celebrity Focus located in Chicago, Illinois back in 1987 with the basic idea that his experience would offer exceptional value to brands. He understood the needs of talent and could put that to work for brands. Celebrity Focus has connected famous people with famous brands in more than 4,000 programs since 1987. They research, recommend, negotiate, and facilitate corporate talent relationships from the buyer's point of view, and they ensure that they meet their client's strategic goals. His background as an athlete and collegiate coach led to a career as an agent and to a vice president of marketing for two major sports agencies, IMG and CSMG. It is this perspective that gave him the knowledge necessary to build great deals that consider the needs and interests of each party, thereby finding the true win-win solutions that deliver results. Rick, welcome to Public Relations Review. Well, thanks, Peter. Glad to be here. Well, look, let's start by asking, I guess for lack of a better term, I'm going to call it the mating process. How does this begin that you can connect celebrities to, uh, uh, to brands? Well, it's a great question and uh, certainly a great place to start. Um, I, I think the answer actually begins a little bit before the mating process. Uh, and I'll put it into the context of public relations. We have practitioners, of course, and, and PR teams that, first of all, consider uh, using celebrities and um, uh, as spokespeople in, in campaigns and programs. Uh, various uh, PR initiatives. So I think that uh, uh, one of the things that uh, is important to recognize right out of the gate, first of all, what's the role of the celebrity spokesperson? Uh, why do some campaigns have a spokesperson and other campaigns uh, not? 
so we begin with the question of what's the role of the celebrity spokesperson, and the answer very simply is to serve as a, ve- as a vehicle for the dissemination of brand messages. So when we've got uh, particular initiatives that uh, are looking for a beacon, some, somebody or something to cut through the, the immediate cl- uh, clutter, uh, a great a great way to do that is, of course, to utilize a spokesman, uh, spokesperson, and of course, the celebrity uh, cuts through uh, even stronger than than perhaps a, a brand executive uh, or someone of that means. So, from from a process perspective, once they make the decision, our clients uh, come to us, and we will help them first of all uh, formulate a plan, uh, not necessarily based on who the right person is initially, but what's the what's the right profile of the personality? What type of person are, are we looking for? What's the criteria that they have to meet? Uh, is it uh, male, female? Is it uh, age skewed? Uh, is it somebody known for a particular field, uh, either through a, a role perhaps that they've played um, uh, on television or in film? Uh, or is it uh, perhaps uh, the the life they lead? Where's the relevance? So we ask the the next question is why does this person or this uh, profile of a spokesperson make sense? Once we've got that nailed down and after we've worked with our clients through the uh, process of budgeting, um, you know, then we're able to actually embark on uh, next developing Uh, a set of criteria for uh, a candidate's list uh, or a few candidates' lists, uh, developing a list of folks that uh, both work within within the budget and also meet all the personality criteria. After that, then we begin the dance. We we develop lists of candidates um, that hopefully speak to uh, those issues of, of, uh, of relevance and of budget. Uh, we present comprehensive lists, and then we narrow that down uh, based on the needs and interests of the client. Uh, we narrow that down to perhaps the top three or four candidates before we begin that contact uh, phase. So hopefully that addresses at least part of what you what you asked me about the mating process. Well, it certainly does, and it also raises another question for me because sometimes people can gain notoriety, and, and for positive reasons, through something that they've done in the news and or, and it gets on the news and it touches people in a positive way, can then those people also be considered as a spokespeople for a brand if, in fact, what they did or why they're getting that notoriety also fits the profile that you're looking for? Well, you know, the, the answer is, of course, yes. Um, from my perspective, my specialty is, of course, the world of celebrity. The world of celebrity today is a vastly different world than it was 25 or 30 years ago. Uh, Back in the day, what I will call the day, celebrity was defined pretty narrowly by by very well-known personalities who were entertainers, actors, actresses, athletes, uh, political figures, uh, uh, folks that were known for those. Uh, you know, for their expertise in, in those particular fields. Nowadays, the world of, ex- of celebrity has expanded pretty dramatically uh, due to things like uh, uh, you know, what's, what's known in the industry as non-scripted television or reality shows. Mm-hmm. We've seen the, 
evolution of television itself pretty dramatically away from uh, simply being entertainment networks for theatrical productions, and now we see a lot of real people TV. So, you know, that, that whole genre of what is a celebrity today is vastly different than it was 30 years ago. You look at the explosion of of networks like uh, Food Network and uh, DIY and HGTV and places like that, uh, it, it, TLC, you know, you've got all these uh, vast forms of, of uh, a broadcast that simply didn't exist. And as a result of it, you have a, a whole new field of celebrity today that, once again, 25, 30 years ago, really didn't exist. And that doesn't, of course, even address uh, the field of, of experts, category experts, nowadays social media stars, uh, the darlings of the VR world today are quote-unquote influencers. Um, but in the true world of celebrity, you know, people can be known for lots of different things. They can be known for an expertise in their field, but also for uh, how they live their life. And I think all of that goes into that. Uh, it all speaks to the process of why does this person make sense for this particular role? You know, that brings up an interesting question. Now, from your point of view, you mentioned celebrities and you mentioned influencers. From your particular perspective, do you see a difference there? I do. I think that, um, uh, you know, again, I, I think of celebrity and I, I define it narrowly down to, uh, to fame. I'm still a very strong believer uh, that truly famous people are what what moves the needle. I'm not suggesting, of course, that influencers don't have impact, but I think that the field remains uh, very, very new and uh, a little less definable than than many of the practitioners may want to believe. Social social media following alone doesn't give us enough. We simply don't have enough data at this point to to really understand the impact, to know what, what the composition of those audiences are. Uh, we do, I know there's plenty of folks that would uh, argue that, and, and they believe that it's truly the essence of target marketing. I'm not convinced of that. We've seen things, uh, case studies uh, recently, luxury brands, for example, who uh, aligned with um, uh, fashion-oriented uh, influencers, uh, because the numbers were staggering, only to find out that the composition, the true composition of, of that particular audience, w was an awful lot of uh, a Kmart and Target type buyers as opposed to luxury market buyers. Mm -hmm. So you have a case, for example, where you have an I influencer, and I know that's uh, merely one example, but you have a case where uh, you have uh, an influencer with uh, remarkable numbers but the composition of what's in those numbers and, and what those folks are being driven to, uh, you know, in, in, in the sense of true alignment with the brand, did it really make sense? At the end of the day, the answer was no. And frankly, I've seen an awful lot of that. So from my perspective, I'm still a believer in uh, the concept that celebrity sells and true celebrity sells. And for me, true celebrity means a mainstream famous people. Well, sort of expanding on that question, when you talk about moving the needle, um, a lot of times that simply means how how much uh, sales did you actually drive? 
Now, is that the only criteria, the major criteria, or are there other issues that they would like to see happen as a well of having a celebrity representation? Sure, I think that's a great question. And again, it goes back to, you know, why do brands uh, use celebrities? And simple answer, because celebrity sells. It sells in a variety of ways. Increased sales is, is certainly one place. But we've seen impact in increased stock value, value over competition, enhanced brand image, market share gain, brand reassurance. So it, it isn't always just one thing. Um, in fact, it's several things. There's a lot of reasons uh, that brands align with celebrities. Well, let me ask you then, knowing that, I'm just wondering now, because there are some celebrities who perhaps maybe make a living at this, do they also keep track of their data so they can say, well, yes, I represented X brand uh, last year, and from when I started until when I uh, maybe ended that, or whatever it is, a year or so later, that sales went up by thus and so, recognition went up by, I mean, do they keep track of their own, own data under those circumstances? So that would be probably a yes and no answer. The the average celebrity probably doesn't. Um, you know, most of most celebrities are in fact really focused on on what they do for a living. So their their attention is really put on their primary craft, their primary employment, and whether that's their performance as an athlete or as an entertainer a musician, actor, actress, what have you, their focus is on their craft. And endorsement endorsement work, spokesperson work is really secondary to them. Now, we've also seen far greater sophistication on the representation side of the business. So agents, managers, personal managers, business managers, that whole uh, sector of, of the business has become much more sophisticated uh, again, during this uh, during this period of the past 20 years or so, so the marketing reps in particular, I, I would say, are are keenly aware um, of performance. They may not always, uh, unless they're in sales mode, they may not always uh, want to reference it. But uh, they have access to uh, the information, and certainly when. Uh, a famous person endorses a product or is a spokesperson for a product, they, they, they do a pretty good job following up to find out how, how did the relationship perform. Mm-hmm. Um, it, of course, becomes a sales function for them to be able to encourage uh, buyers to consider their people the next time. Uh, but they also want to know. So I, I, I think in general, the talent may not know uh, keenly, some do, but for the most part now they're under their next uh, their next primary job, and um, uh, but their representatives usually have an idea of how how well campaigns are performed. And talent, by the way, of course, is just one part of the performance. I mean, uh, the campaigns, you know, the the celebrity can impact uh, her or his performance in the campaign or the initiative, um, uh, but they're not the ones that are pulling the trigger they, they they may be delivering the messages but they're not uh you know they're not the wizard of oz with their their hands on the controls behind uh, behind the curtain so to speak uh, that's that's where uh, success uh, really lay in the hands of the practitioners and the and the teams mm-hmm. so 
Success really can be measured a, a number of different ways. It just depends upon what the uh, the buyer, so to speak, is looking for as as an outcome. And as you said, the the agents uh, and 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 people keep metrics right these days on on everything. So you know how many TV sets were tuned in, what time of day they watched, uh, what channel they watched on, all of that sort of stuff. As you said, somebody has that data because sooner or later they're going to need to have it. Well, there's no, no doubt about it. And again, if we put it into the realm of PR, uh, we have the ability, not me, but of course the marketplace has the ability to measure results pretty significantly, uh, especially where where um, most of these campaigns and, and initiatives are, are focused on earned media. Um, I think the, the access uh, to data is pretty significant, so they, they're going to know the, the the PR teams are going to know pretty, actually pretty immediately um, and comprehensively uh, results. Now, and they'll not just know growth numbers; they'll be able to target those results as well. They'll see where it performed best, um, uh, and um, whether it met its its targeted criteria or not. Mm-hmm. Well, also celebrities, I mean, in addition to perhaps um, selling a product, there might be some who want to be involved in a cause. How are prices for those individuals, one, determined? If, in fact, they, they do want to charge for it, I'm sure there might be some that volunteer because they support the cause. But uh, let's say a nonprofit organization versus one that's paying, how are costs different um, to bring that particular person on board? So, you know, I wish there was a standard um, answer for that, and there really isn't. Uh, Some of them are paid engagements and others are not. So, number one, you know, we always look at at casting these opportunities uh, to a single thing. I call it finding the fit. Uh, And and in that process of finding the fit, it really comes down to a word that I mentioned earlier, that's relevance. Why does Mm -hmm. this person make sense? And that goes... That, that door swings both ways, both from uh, from the brand, or in this case the nonprofit's perspective, as well as the celebrity. Um, from the celebrity's perspective, the first thing they ask themselves is, uh, why does this make sense? Why am I relevant? Why is, why is this important to me? So in certain cases, uh, there are engagements that are driven uh, strictly al- altruistically and um, but more often than not, those are driven by uh, personal experiences. Um, do I have a close family member who suffered from whatever the condition uh, might have been? Uh, is there a reason uh, if I'm performing uh, something for, let's say, dyslexia, is this something that affected a member of my family? Did my mom have uh, breast cancer, for example? So is there a direct connection and something that compels me individually uh, to want to do this and perhaps even seek it out. Um, and in other cases, um, and I'll step back for just a moment, I will say that uh, for most celebrities, there are very few days that go by where they are not receiving inquiries or offers or requests, uh, often many of them in a given day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's the, 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 one of the unique things about a famous person is they have very little personal time uh, to work with. 
their primary engagement is, of course, whatever their job happens to be, acting or uh, as an athlete, what have you, but uh, they're pretty heavily programmed. So the amount of time they have available for just about anything other than their their primary employment is is um, uh, highly valued and also very thin. There's there's not a lot of it. So most celebrities are very selective in in what they're able to do, and, and sometimes it comes down to can I do this uh, conveniently? Can I do it easily? Um, will you come to me? Will you shoot it at my home? Is it within a few minutes of my home? Sometimes it's a convenience-driven thing, piggybacked with with personal interest. Now, uh, those are the causes that are really, I'll call it the silver bullet causes. You know, it it just, uh, it strikes a chord. There's a real reason that resonates with that person. Mm -hmm. As you and I both know, there's no shortage of causes, special interests, um, uh, nonprofit organizations. And all of those combined, they're competing for the attentions uh, of the celebrity world. Uh, there are times when when campaigns can be supported organizationally. We see a lot of that in healthcare, um, uh, where where campaigns are actually driven um, by a healthcare brand. So mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years, one of the things that uh, I've done an awful lot of work in, uh, su- such that at one point, uh, one of my former partners told me we were the disease of the month club. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we've represented uh, quite a few pharmaceutical uh, companies throughout the years, and um, uh, that's a great example where, where through things like uh, providing educational grants, they'll actually fund public service programs. Mm-hmm. So several years back, uh, we had a, uh, a client, uh, it was called Tap Pharmaceuticals. They were uh, very, very active in supporting uh, urologic diseases. They... they they had a product that uh, treated advanced stage prostate cancer. And w- among the various things that they did, ultimately they were marketing driven, uh, but they were also, uh, you know, you can never look past uh, the contributions that they make to society, but they were providing educational grants to the American Foundation for Urologic Disease for the development of PR initiatives and programs that were designed to drive consumers into their physicians to get tested. Simple mm-hmm. things like PSA testing for prostate cancer. So this is a case where the celebrities were driven by personal interest anyway. They, there was already a reason that each of the dozen or so people that we involved in that campaign, uh, there, there were uh, reasons why they were interested, but at the end of the day, you still had a pharmaceutical company providing funding for the development of the campaign and, and providing honoraria to the talent was part of that. So we've seen it both ways, and it exists quite a bit both ways. Well, and, and um, sort of getting back to at least to the, to the nonprofit side, for those organizations that might be considering uh, bringing in a celebrity to help endorse their, uh, their particular efforts or cause, what would you advise them to be careful about uh, and, the, and the questions that they need and information that they need before making a decision other than they're a popular uh, high-visibility person? What nitty-gritty information sure. do they need to look for? 
Well, I think some of the some of the benchmarks are are the same regardless of what the application is. Anybody um, considering using celebrity talent has to be concerned with um, overall due diligence. So you look at the field of candidates that you're considering, and uh, when you narrow that list down, you start getting serious about who you want to approach. Then you've got a secondary level of research to make sure that um, uh, the way the person uh, leads their life is consistent with the values of your organization. Um, you know, you you can you can uh, you're always going to execute um, baseline research to make sure that that they're a fit, of course, but also that their behaviors, everything that they've done leading up to the engagement. Even if it's on a volunteer basis, mm-hmm. uh, you're doing the best you can to make sure there's no skeletons in the closet, uh, which is rare these days. But uh, at least you know <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, at, at least not so overwhelming um, that it dooms your campaign or program from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, uh, society has changed, of course, uh, over the years. But uh, and I don't know too many people. You know, we live in that uh, don't cast stones uh, uh, time, but uh, I think you do the best you can to make sure that uh, the person is a good fit with your organization Mm -hmm. and that they've led their life in a way that's consistent with the values of your organization. If you narrow it down to those two things, that's a great starting point. The other thing is you you also want to consider what else that person has done. Uh, have they have they overexposed themselves um, uh, doing other similar campaigns in the last couple of years? Uh, have they done things in the past uh, 10, 15, 20 years that might be run contrary uh, to your organization? You know, were they pro this and now they're anti that? Uh, so uh, you try to get a comprehensive look, and you do, to a degree, you're reliant on uh, talent, representatives to provide a lot of that information mm-hmm. and uh, most of them are, are, are pretty good and honest and some are not so your ability to conduct uh, research uh, beautifully nowadays we have things like uh, like the World Wide Web you know that we can go and research those things uh, I remember a time when I first started in this business that the internet didn't exist mm-hmm. and research had to be done <laughs> At libraries, and and you know our favorite person was the reference librarian at the local <laughs> library. Thank God things are different uh-huh. today, and uh, information comes in so many different forms. It's hard to hide anything nowadays. Well, you know, I, I agree with you. So basically, you're saying due diligence really includes a deep dive on the uh, on the internet just just to be certain that uh, you've covered all your bases as best you possibly can. Well, the only thing I would amend there is to say relatively certain. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we do not live in a perfect world, but we do the best we can. Well, Rick, uh, let, me, let me say thank you. This has been very, very insightful. I have really appreciated uh, you taking the time to come join us here on uh, the Public Relations Review. And uh, do you have any closing remarks for the audience? No, I, I would just, um, I think I would tell uh, folks that uh, the benefits far uh, outweigh the the risks. Don't be gun-shy. Um, you know, fame is a very useful tool when you can use it in, in a favor of your brand or organization. 
while we've seen some uh, negative examples, we've seen far more uh, that are positive. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we live in an age where there is simply so much of everything out there. The reality is that if you if you understand why celebrities are used um, and if you use them effectively to cut through clutter and to make sure that there's rele relevance uh, to the selection you've made, you know, it's not always about the biggest name, but it is always about why that person makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if you approach it from those perspectives, that you're going to have success working, uh, working with famous people. Well, great. Rick Bacharach, founder and CEO of Celebrity Focus, I want to say again, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And to our listeners, uh, please uh, you know, share this information with uh, your colleagues and join us again for the next edition of the Public Relations Review. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.